so excited that I get to team teach with my favorite person during my favorite time of the year, fall Thanksgiving. I know I talk a lot about fall, but I really do love fall. And I think fall weather is slowly appearing. I mean, Callie for a while couldn't decide if it's gonna be summer, if it's gonna be fall, but I think today it's it's looking a little fallish. It's a little fallish. A little fallish. Yes. And of course with fall comes football. And as probably most of you know, football is a big deal in our household. And let me just say, by the way, to all your Rams fans today, good luck, because the Seahawks are coming in strong. You can take the girl out of Seattle, but you right. can't take the Seattle out of and, the girl. And I think we have more Seahawks fans right here, because we have a whole row, a whole row. They are sporting the jerseys. Whoa. I and mean, we also have a, a UCLA hat right there, too. Yep. And uh, the Huskies did pretty good yesterday, too. I got to throw that in as well, because <laughs> all things Washington, UW, Seahawks, it's a good year. I mean, can you tell I she's excited? Enjoy it, right? Oh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I'm enjoy enjoying it. it. Um, and then, of course, also with fall comes the excitement of the holidays getting all ready, prep for the holidays, um, everything pumpkin. I love pumpkin food. How many pies. of you, like, how many of you have just random pumpkins around your house? Like, I'm like, we just got breakable pumpkins everywhere now. Maybe not now, because they probably already decorated for Christmas, but oh. we still have pumpkins all over the house. We need to get rid of the pumpkins. Not yet. Not yet. After okay. Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Yep. And then, of course, the pumpkin smells, of course, with the decor. And then I love Thanksgiving. I mean, the food's amazing, and the family time that we get to spend together, and then of course reflecting back and giving thanks on all that God has done in our lives. I think is so important. So important, yeah. yeah. Anyone, do you like the food more, or do you like the time of reflecting and spending time with, with family? I said also. Uh, also, right? So you got to enjoy it all. It's because, a balance. Because someone earlier in the week bought a pumpkin pie from Costco, and uh, it's more than half gone. Yep. I can throw down when it comes to pumpkin pie. I don't mess around. And that's a big it's pumpkin a big pie. pie. Everything from Costco. Yeah. So you go. Good. I know. Yeah. I had to get it in early for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to share on the joy of serving and how we can position our heart to receive all that God has in store for our lives. I, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, we had to sit at a different table when it came to Thanksgiving. Yeah, the kids' table. The kids' table, right? Well, for, we went over to my Grammy and granddad's house, and when you walked into their house, there was this plastic um, thing that, like, like a walkway. Runner? Like, it was like a plastic runner. runner. Like, don't step off the plastic runner. <laughs> and then their couches had plastic on them. Remember this? Like everything, and then the kids, not only was it under the kids' table plastic, like the walls were plastic, everything was plastic. And you get to a certain point because, like, as a kid, like, you don't really think about much. You know, as a kid, you, you don't sit down until the food's on the table. Right. Because how many parents know, you try to get your kids, is it ready, is it ready? And no, it's like, hey, the food is on the table, now sit down at the kids. You eat, okay, can we go back and play? Because as a kid, there's no responsibility. Right. Yep. But then you get to a certain point where you're kind of like, I think I'm a little big for the kids' table. Like, my knees, like, you know. Yeah. I'm, eight, I'm 18, mom and dad, can I go to the adult table, right? 
and you, you go to the adult table. But here's the thing, you can switch tables. You can go from the kid's table to the adult table, but still be acting like a kid. Right. Uh, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I act like a child, the Apostle Paul says. But when I became a man, when, when you became a woman, have you put behind you yeah. childish ways? Yeah. You see, there's a difference between moving from the kid's table to going to the adult table and actually acting like an adult. Here's the thing, where you're not just there to be served. You don't just show up when the food's there, not thinking about who made it, and then when you're done, you just get up and leave. What if you start helping to make the food? Yep. <laughs> but here's the thing. What about if you help clean up and do dishes? Yeah. Come on. If my dad, after 70 years of not doing dishes, if he can start doing dishes, yeah. you can start doing dishes. There is hope for him. My oldest, Ian, will always say, you better get a new spoon. Grandpa cleaned that. <laughs> so, <laughs> he says, it's better, you know, it's better. It's, it's, it's better. But, but when you make up in your mind is that I'm actually going to help make this happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the, uh, my eyes off. What, what, right. what are you doing for me versus how can I actually help create an experience for everybody? Mm -hmm. yep. But that's not how it is when you're a kid. Right. You remember what it was like to be a kid all those years ago? All those years ago. I didn't mean for it to sound like that. I meant like all those three years ago, four years ago. Well, oh. yeah, quite some time ago. Quite some time ago. But I do have fond memories of when I was a little girl running around the church that I grew up in, playing tag and hide and go seek um, with my siblings and my cousins. And I knew like every spot. I knew every nook and cranny. Okay. How many of you use the phrase nook and cranny? Yeah. See? There's some people that still use it. She uses phrases where I'm like, only people in their 90s use that. <laughs> like, like, Carlton, can you give me the interpretation? I, I, I don't... Say, or, or if you're in your 70s. So, uh, nook and cranny. I had some pretty good hiding spots. Okay, I knew every space inside and out of that building. <laughs> that my grandpa had built and pastored. And I just remember as a kid, um, I saw so many people, like while I was running around and playing, helping set up chairs, cleaning rooms. So that's vacuuming. what they were doing. Yes. What were you doing? I was running around. <laughs> having fun. Having fun. I was enjoying it. But as a kid, I didn't realize all that needed to be done to prepare the church. And then fast forward to when I lived in Chicago as an adult, I served at the church that my sister and my brother-in-law pastor. And when the church was just getting started, they had rented out a nightclub for Sunday morning gatherings. In downtown Chicago. Downtown Chicago. It was actually a really cool theater, but it was actually really gross too. But it was a cool theater. And so we had to set up and tear down every Saturday night and we had to wait till after the shows were over. So it was like around 11 p.m. midnight where we would come in and clean up and prep. So you Sundays. would head in there at 11 p.m. or midnight and mm -hmm. spend a few hours getting it ready. Yep, yep, exactly. And so that basically encompassed cleaning bathrooms, 
scrubbing toilets. And mind you, this is after shows went on, multiple shows. And so there were lots of fun presents left for me in the toilets. Um, and then picking up beer bottles and cigarettes. And then the best was we had to pipe and drape um, a liquor bar that was literally, happened to be in the middle of the lobby. So we had to hide that, make it all look nice. And then of course, mopping and wiping down the stage and the seats and the aisles vacuuming, and then setting up for church. So that was just the cleaning. And then we had to come in and set up signage and prepping the stage and organizing the children's classrooms because they all needed to be sanitized, making it smell wonderful, picking up balloons throughout the place, you know, picking up balloons and placing them throughout the theater to bring color and excitement. And I loved that opportunity. I really did, to serve alongside others, to help create a space and an environment for people to encounter Jesus. And we did that every single Saturday. Every single Saturday. Yep. Cleaning up every nook and cranny. And, yes. It, here's the thing. Great things require great preparation. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you're going to be watching the Seahawks play the Rams. Crush them. But, I don't know, we'll see. But. but all of those players have prepared. Yes. Uh, Whoever hosting Thanksgiving meal this Thursday, there's going to be some preparation. Yep. Cleaning the house. Mm -hmm. Setting the table. Yep. Cooking the food. Yep. Hey, how many of you know how much preparation takes place here on a weekly basis? Is that every week, all right now while we're under construction, all these chairs get taken down here in just a few hours. They get set up. This, the platform gets taken down, gets reset up. We have so many amazing team who are serving on an ongoing basis yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. It requires preparation. We have people serving there. Uh, in the kids' area, we have people serving there, preparing for what's taking place in the kids. We have amazing ushers here in the... Come on, they're in the room. You can, yeah. you can actually clap for them, so... <laughs> We, we have amazing greeters. We have, we, we, we have all these. It doesn't just happen. It is a childish mindset to just show up and just think the food appears on the table and everything happens without any preparation. It takes great preparation yeah. in your house. Yeah. It takes great preparation here at the church. And in order for God to do great things in our life, it also requires great preparation of our hearts, yeah. of our minds, and of our spirits. So true. In Psalms 100, it says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. I love that because I'm always singing. Not just in God's house, but at home, in the car, wherever. She's singing everywhere, people. Even if I'm off key, I sing. Well, no, you're on key until you try to do all the runs. I love doing the runs and, she loved, and throwing things in. You, th you, you throw things in. Yeah, On the way here this morning, we were listening to some Kirk Franklin Silver and Gold. Anyone ever remember this? is going a little mm -hmm. kind of old school, you know? And mm -hmm. it's just like, and she's going off on silver <laughs> and gold and... She starts throwing in, you know, and bronze and diamonds, and you know, she's like going everywhere, right? Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. And then it says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless 
his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Even this generation. Even this generation. Even with wars going on. Even with financial crisis. Even with things going on. God is faithful. Mm -hmm. You know, God has called us to a higher life that is different than what the world offers. To serve and build his house, which is the local church. And we are not here just to go to church, but to be the church. We serve God by serving others. And I love these two quotes. Um, One is from Martin Luther King Jr. and the other one is from Albert Einstein. MLK Jr. says this, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? That is so good. And then Albert Einstein says, only a life lived for others is a life worthwhile. You know, Jesus didn't just say and teach the importance of serving, but he truly lived it out. He was the ultimate servant, the prime example, and demonstrated how to serve others. So as we're talking about the joy of serving and what it looks like to serve, maybe in this season right now, you're thinking, okay, uh, maybe I'm just telling God, no, no, it's not the right time. Or maybe you're telling God how you want to serve, your preference, like, yeah, this is what I can do. Are you limiting your service? Or are you actually being open to what's needed in this time, in this season? I remember when Dan and I first started dating, um, I told him that I love connecting with people. I love meeting new people. Because she knew I was a pastor. And so she's just like, she's like, I just want to set the record straight Mm -hmm. here. So I love connecting and meeting new people. I actually really love being behind the scenes because I'm very administrative. I love to organize. But if you're looking for a platform person, that's not me. I think your exact words were, just so you know, if this relationship were to progress, like I would never step foot on a platform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she said, and I will never hold a microphone, mm-hmm. just so you know. I will help clean, I will, I will pray with people, I will do whatever is needed, but I will not do that. I wonder how many of us yeah. have told God the same thing. Yep, and I was dead serious at that time. I, well, I know you were. I, we laughed and I was like, no, I, I will not step on the platform, just so you know. But here's but, the thing, God is looking for people who aren't chasing platforms. That's a lot because people was like, I got something to say, this and that. No, because when you're not chasing something, and in fact, you know that's not naturally me. This isn't not where I where I feel comfortable. This isn't where I feel confident. Then you're fully surrendered. Yeah. Then you're spending all week praying and preparing and writing notes. Then you're actually saying, God, it's not what I have to say. Right. What would, do you want to say in and through me? That it's 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 like that in every area. It's so true. And then I realized that in order for me to fulfill God's calling on my life, I had to have an open heart and be willing to step into what's uncomfortable, scary, and honestly, not what I really want to do, you know? So I've discovered following God will take you into what's uncomfortable. So today I want to encourage you to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And if it's scary, just do it afraid if you have to. 2 Timothy 1 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
And you may say, okay, that's great, but what if I still just don't feel like I can do it or I wanna do it, which is human nature. We all have those feelings. Uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane fell to the ground praying and he said, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Basically, he was asking me, is there any other way? Do I need to? <laughs> can anyone relate? Like, God, any other way? Any other options? Uh, right? But he said, but not my will. But not my will, but your will. And we are here on earth to spread the good news, the gospel, make, make disciples, which is the great commission. And sometimes in order to go to new levels, in serving, you need to go to new levels in surrendering, because even Jesus surrendered. Say that again. Say that to go to new levels in serving. serving. You need to go to new levels in surrendering. In Philippians 2, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi, and I, I love this. It says, put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way that Christ Jesus thought of himself. And I just, I love that scripture because it's so raw, it's so real, and so relatable. Let's let Jesus's mindset become our motivation. We are to be Christ-like. Jesus lived a selfless and obedient life. Jesus did not come to be served. He actually served, and he was the greatest servant of all. So today we're talking about the joy of serving and getting our heart in the right place. And you may say, okay, I'm hearing you. So how do I go about serving? Where do I start? I think it starts with recognizing opportunities. So opportunities always present themselves. Are you focused on the opportunities that you want or are you focused on the opportunities that actually God wants for your life? In that passage I just read, it says, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. And I really wanna encourage you to just take some time to pray and seek God um, on what he has in store for you because are you missing those opportunities that are right in front of you or are you so focused on the opportunities that others have that you're missing everything that's going on because in order to seize an opportunity, you gotta actually see an opportunity in front of you. And you won't get to what's next if you're not faithful with what's now. So, what are your opportunities that are in front of you, and how can you use those opportunities to serve others? So, just the other day, we had an opportunity to host an amazing couple at our house and for dinner, and I was so excited because I got to bring out all my cute dishes. You see, because if I was the one planning and stuff like that, we would just have, you know, Uber Eats delivered and just, you know, hey, make, make yourself comfortable, you know, but that, that's not how she rolls. No. And I'm learning from her. So I love hosting people because then I get to bring out all the fun dishes and the serving plates. And plates I've never, like, hardly ever seen. Like, so I brought out one serving dish and I was like, look how cool this is. I haven't used it. It's called the Lazy Susan and okay. you can push it around. And so say that again. What, it, what is it called? A Lazy Susan. How many of you here have heard of a Lazy Susan? See? He looked at me and was like, this is totally what? totally an, an unsaved group of people. No. It's I a very wise, knowledgeable group of people. Um, Who named that dish a Lazy Susan? 
how does that, I mean, it had to be some like bitter husband who was making this thing, <laughs> calling it Lazy Susan after you. <laughs> I know, and I said, he was like, what? Did you just make that up? And I was like, no, this is honestly what it's called. I said, I guarantee you when the couple comes over, let's ask them, I bet you they'll know what it is. You they were right. I was wrong. What? You were right. <laughs> and I was wrong. Yes. You yes. were right. <laughs> and I was wrong. <laughs> that statement right there will save someone's marriage. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> so true. Uh, so, it, Oftentimes, we, we just don't see opportunities. Mm -hmm. I naturally wouldn't have thought of an opportunity to, to really host and make it a special night. It's amazing how many opportunities that we just don't see mm -hmm. be, because we're, we're living on social media. Yeah. Must be nice. Oh, look where they're going on vacation. Must be nice. Look at their new car. Must be nice. You can't see opportunities in your own life when you're, yeah. when you're busy looking at someone else's fake life. Yep. Here's, here's the thing. Opportunities are not missing from your life. I promise you. Opportunities are not missing. You're missing the opportunities right. that are in yep. your life. Yep. Maybe because you're not, you're not seeing what those opportunities are. Mm -hmm. Seeing that, that this is an opportunity. It might seem small, but how many of you know big opportunities are often birthed from smaller opportunities? Right. Yeah. That when you are faithful in the small things, then that's when God says, I'm, I'm bringing you into, into mm -hmm. bigger things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it's one thing, though, to see an opportunity. We've, mm -hmm. we've got to see it. But it's a whole other thing to act on that opportunity. That's right. Yeah, and I think acting on it comes the obedience piece. So being obedient to what God has in store. And in order to be obedient, you must be observant. And as a mom or as parents, I'm sure you guys are aware that you've seen ch children won't truly be obedient unless they really listen and act on it, right? Hey, how many of you just like, your kids are great at listening to you. They, they hang on to every one of your words. They, they, yeah, you're like, no, I don't. Mm -hmm. I'd like, it's just like, and I wonder how often we're that way with our Heavenly Father. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. And if you're unsure where to serve, if you're like, okay, I see an opportunity, you know, and I'm going to be obedient to that, but I just don't know where to start, just start somewhere because there's always a need. Yeah, sometimes we get so like, where, where, where? Just start serving. It's easier to move and adjust and, mm -hmm. and shift. But here's the thing, that this part of serving, when you actually start acting on it, when you're actually obedient yeah. to what God has for you, it's not convenient. Right. It's not just like, oh, I have plenty of extra time. God, how would you like me to use all this extra time I have? <laughs> oh, God, I have all this extra money. God, where would you like for me to, 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 to give for all this extra money? It doesn't, it's not convenient. No. It's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. 
like being on a platform and holding a mic, it's, or whatever it is for you, greeting, or whatever it is, it, it's not that, but when we, when we actually act upon yeah. that is where we see God doing amazing yeah. and incredible things, yeah. not just when we see these opportunities, but when we act on them. And there is a world out there that is desperate, not just to hear the good news of Jesus, yeah. not just to hear about the love of Jesus, yeah. but to experience the love of Jesus flowing in and through his followers who are loving on a world that is hurting and lost and broken. Yep, yes. So you seize an opportunity and you're obeying and you're being obedient and you think, okay, life should be great. Everyone appreciates me. How many of you like think that? Like you like, okay, I'm gonna sign up to serve and it should be good and then like your kid gets sick. You know, right? Yeah. Because what? Because then there's opposition. And you may think, okay, but I'm serving. Why is there an opposition? I'm doing something good. There's different types of opposition that may arise, whether that's in your career, in a relationship, in school. And I think a big your opposition. Your car breaking down? Your car breaking down, right? I think a big opposition, opposition um, that we encounter is serving people. Because where there are people, there are problems. Right? This Thanksgiving, where there are people, yep. there are problems. Yep. 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 We all know, because we, we all have problems, and we bring our problems. We don't leave our problems at the door. Right, right. So we ran into an opposition the other night when we were hosting. So I had scheduled a bulk waste pickup for that day um, to get rid of. No, you're like a bulk waste pickup. How much are you getting rid of? Well, you see, we have opposite personalities in that she saves everything. Well, not everything, but some things. Well, when, we, when, when you were moving out here from Chicago, you had a storage unit that was about half full of hangers. <laughs> not half. The kind of hangers that you get from the dry cleaners that are free. <laughs> you never know when you'll need you them. You never know. I mean. You never know when you're going to need 4,000 hangers. Okay, that's an exaggeration. So he's on the other extreme. 3,560. Don't exaggerate. No, he just likes everything as minimal, simple, clean, nothing. And I have items that are like what normal people probably store and keep. So you just think So you're saying different. I'm not normal. Now I'll just gotta so, find out, am I better then? Or uh, what's, what's, what side of normal do I go to? Oh, so anyways, the bulk pickup was basically a couple mattresses, twin size, a box spring, and some other random items from the garage. But it was a big pickup that we so, had. like outside our place, it looked like, you know, it was like a trash dump. It's just like all this stuff. So, you know, you, you get those looks from neighbors, like, What's going on What's out going there? What's going on out there? And of course, you have to set out the night before because they're like, oh, we'll pick it up by 6 a.m. And okay, cool. So as the day progressed, I'm checking outside. It's still chilling out in front of our house. And so I'm like, okay, um, we still have a few more hours until it's going to get collected. So it's cool. I'm going to keep prepping, getting ready. Come 6 p.m., it was never collected. So here we have a couple coming over for dinner. First time, welcome. Yeah, chunks sitting in our front yard. Nothing screams welcome, and we prepare for your arrival than some mattresses sitting out in front of our driveway. That was a fun opposition. Yeah, opposite, you all know that the, there's just opposition. 
you know, there, there's opposition. We're getting everything installed technology-wise. And at the nine, like, the backlights were just hammering people. Everyone was like... <laughs> like during the gathering, like they turn the lights down and this. Y'all know that there's just, there's things you're working for, you're preparing, and then it's like, then you have the car break down. Right. Or then you have that unexpected bill. Or then, wait, a whole sudden, wait, we need to do another medical test because something came back. It's like those things happen. It's the opposition. Right. But here's the thing. If we don't give into opposition and we keep serving, it's amazing what God can do and the outcome of it. The outcome, there's so much more joy that comes out of serving and the impact and the difference you can make in the lives of others. So through all this, the opportunities being obedient, dealing with opposition and navigating that, and then the outcome. I think it starts really with having an adjustment with our heart and our attitude. So again, how are we positioning our heart? Getting our heart in the right place. We get to serve and be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And then once you have a, an adjustment with your heart and your attitude, then there's that shift in your mindset. Because really, it's about putting the interests, interests of others above our own. You'll receive such a reward by serving others. When you add value, you actually gain a value. And then once you shift your mindset, then it's putting it into action. I just love seeing people experience that passionate love of Jesus. And I once heard it said that you never know the level of people's commitment until you call them to action. They're just waiting to be asked. We're calling you to action today. It's not what we want from you, it's what we want for you. Mm -hmm. To see God's purpose and call upon your life come to fruition. If we do it the world's way, uh, it doesn't really work out. Because the world's way and what culture wants to tell us is that joy comes from people serving you. Joy comes from what you get. Anyone here ever got like, you ever get a new car? Mm -hmm. uh, did that bring you joy? For a few days. Mm -hmm. but, but, but then the joy begins to fade. The new car smell begins to fade, right? Right. The joy fades, but the bills keep coming. Yeah, that's true, yeah. You ever want, like, uh, you know, gals, there was maybe some purse that, that, that you really wanted, and it brings you joy, but then it's like, okay, cool, but then there's, but then I want this other purse. Mm -hmm. You want the bigger house, you want this and that, and, and culture wants us to think that that's what, that that's what brings joy. Yeah. But joy isn't from what you get. Right. Joy comes from giving. Mm -hmm. Joy comes from, comes from serving. Yep. It, I've gone on a, a few mission trips in addition to just serving on an ongoing basis here, but, but I'll never forget going to India. And I thought I was gonna give a lot. But I, I, I came back and I was like, I think I received more than, yeah. more than I gave. Yeah. Going down to Mexico on a missions trip, I, I came back and I'm like, I think I, I, think I got m out of this more than, more than I gave going to the Navajo Indian Re Reservation and uh, coming back and like every time and serving here on an ongoing basis. It's always like, it, it just, it doesn't seem to make sense, but it, it seems like I should be getting joy from what I get, but it doesn't satisfy. But joy comes when you serve other people, yes. when you live your life open-handed, seeing God make a difference in other people's life. 
because of you. And it's like, wow, God, look what you are doing in me and look at what you are doing through me. Oh, I know I said I would never do that. Never say never. Never say never. Oh, no, I'll, I'll never go to church. Oh, okay, I'll go, but, but I'll never serve. Would you serve? God has incredible things in store for you and for this church, but, but it takes people living open-handed. And so today, someone, ones, plural, are gonna sign up out at the Connect Tent to start serving. You might think, I don't have anything to offer. Oh, yes, you do. God created you on purpose for a purpose, and you're gonna sign up. Someone else, you're gonna make up in your mind that you're gonna help serve your, your neighbors. Maybe you might notice they're going through a challenging time and, and you can help them out some way. Someone else, you're gonna serve at your family meal this Thanksgiving and people are gonna look at you like you're crazy. I've never seen you do dishes before. What are you doing? It's amazing how significant things happen because of simple acts of service. Yes. 